All right, we'd like to thank you all for being here with us this morning at Poplar Springs. And if you're a guest with us this morning, we'd like to especially welcome you. And uh, I have a few things by way of announcement. Of course, I am so thankful for November. And this is a month where we just really focus on thankfulness. And we're looking at the power of thanks right now during our sermon series. And uh, we're looking forward to Pastor Joey sharing something with us from the Word this morning. But in preparation for next week, I want to make everyone aware of the fact that directly after our service, we're having a Thanksgiving meal together. So we're asking you to bring sides and desserts. So if you can do that, the church is going to provide the meat and rolls. So we're looking forward to that next week. So come and and be with us. Stay with us after the service and eat. Okay. the other thing I wanted to mention, and I think that we should be abundantly thankful for is two weeks ago we had our sacrifice sunday offering and i don't know if all of you are aware of it or not but we we brought in on that day more from what i've heard more than any other day in the history of our church we brought more money in than in our history and we brought in two hundred and two thousand dollars So we should be thanking and praising the Lord. If for nothing else, we should thank Him and praise Him for that. And I would like to commend you for giving and thank you for being cheerful givers. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and then we're going to begin our time of worship. Dear Lord, we do thank You this morning. Lord, we we praise You for who You are and for all that You've done for us. Lord, we couldn't begin to uh, spend time, Lord, thanking You for everything that You do in in our hearts and lives. But Lord, we thank You for Your presence. This morning we're going to talk about how that thankfully You're our shepherd and guide. And Lord, we're grateful for the fact that You are ever with us. And we ask, Lord, now that You would be with us during this time of worship. May You bless it. May it speak to our hearts. And may it resonate with Yours. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning. And the choir is going to sing a song as we begin this morning, but we need your help. And so when I turn around to you, would you please stand and the words will be on the screen for you to sing also. Thank you.
Amen. Will you just remain standing and we're going to share together in voice and song as the praise team makes their way to join me on the platform today.
please remain standing for the reading of the word of the Lord this morning. The scripture today comes from the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. What a beautiful passage, Psalm 23 is. I'd like to just ask, how many of you have ever memorized Psalm 23? Okay. There's many of you here today who've memorized this passage. I have preached this passage mainly in funerals. And today, I would like to take this passage of Scripture and realize it's a very important passage for funerals, but it's also a very important passage for every day of our lives. It's a passage of scripture that speaks to us on many levels. So I want to do a deep dive into this passage of scripture without the heaviness of a funeral that sort of puts a heaviness on our consciousness and on our thoughts and to realize that this passage should speak to you today on a regular day, on a day that you're just going about your own business there's one word that really stands out to me in this passage of Scripture. And it might not be the word that you're thinking of, but it's a small little word. The word my. You know, we like that word, don't we? Mine. That's mine. Mine. That's my wife. That's my children. You know, that, that, there's a big difference in saying that's someone's wife and that's my wife. Well, that's someone's children, and that's my children. Those are my kids. That personal ownership there is a very important, very important um, emphasis of this passage of Scripture today. Um, Martin Luther once said this. He said, faith is a matter of personal pronouns. In other words, it's one thing to say the Lord is a great shepherd, and another to be able to say the Lord is... My shepherd. The 23rd Psalm was written by King David, the shepherd king. And he comes with a, a perspective of one who enjoys a personal relationship with the shepherd. 
And the word mine emphasizes a deep personal and close individual relationship with the shepherd, with his God. And I want that for you today. I want you to be able, I hope by the end of this service, that you'll be able to say, the Lord is my shepherd. Can you say that now? Well, let's look at this passage of Scripture and just take a deeper look at this. And uh, y'all know, uh, someone said this, this psalm is a masterpiece. And you could almost stop after the first statement, the Lord is my shepherd. That's a volume. That's a sermon, guys. I'll just be honest with you. I could stop right here and preach a whole sermon. I'm not going to do that today. I know I'm limited on time. But that's a strong statement to be able to say, the Lord is my shepherd. First of all, the Lord. The Lord speaks of His power, God's power. Of His ownership and His majesty. The name literally means, I am who I am. This is Jehovah. The primary name of God in the Old Testament. Like I said, I am who I am. That's who God is. And that name is timeless. What I mean by timeless is that it, God is always the same. God never changes. The God of the Old Testament is also the God of the New Testament. The God of yesterday is the God of today, and He'll be the God of tomorrow. He doesn't change. Everything about God, what you read in the Bible, is still the same. God is not evolving. He doesn't evolve. He doesn't change with the times. We were talking about, in Sunday school this morning, we were talking about the Bible. And I don't think the Bible changes, amen? I think the Bible should change us. You know? I truly believe that if you're smart enough to change the Bible, you're just too smart. You're too smart for your own good. No, the Bible's here to change us. And God is the one who he never changes. So we have to deal with who God is. And He's the one who's timeless. And not only is He timeless, He's self-sufficient. God needs nothing. He has everything. He doesn't need wisdom from anyone. He is wisdom. He doesn't need power. He's all-powerful. And this hurts a little bit, but He doesn't even need me. He doesn't need you. He chooses to use the church. Isn't that amazing? That God, Elohim, Jehovah God, would use us, the church. And you know what He calls us? The body of Christ. We are His family. He calls us family. Today, David sits here and he calls him Shepherd, the great I am, David describes as his shepherd. See, David knows that the earthly shepherds have responsibilities to their flock. Who is the flock? I think the flock is the church. We are his flock. But a a normal shepherd identifies with his flock. He's always near his flock. He can't leave the flock. The flock, he has to be present. 
I always tell people when they're going into the ministry, ministry is 99.9% just being there. Just showing up. People like you showing up. Have y'all noticed that? I don't know if I've told y'all this before. I told, um, I'm a chaplain, and um, one time I went to this company, and they're on forklifts. They drive forklifts. I've told y'all this. If I have, I'm going to be quick with it. But these men drive forklifts, and, and they, they, they have to, um, I have to call in ahead, and they have to let me in. They're very safe, conscious, and everything like that. We're masked up and all this kind of stuff. And I always wonder why you mask up when everybody's on forklifts. Okay? Everybody's moving around. You have to be really careful when you're walking around people who are driving forklifts. Y'all know that, right? Amen? They drive backwards. And they beep horns all the time. Beep, beep, beep. They're always beeping and everything like that. They're always beeping. Well, I come in with the boss man. The boss man let me in. And we're walking down and I was having a conversation with him. And I look down in, 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 in front of me and there's this guy. And when he, he saw me, his face dropped. I go, uh-oh. I go, he didn't like, he didn't like what he, I started wondering if I was, something was wrong with me. You know, did I do, was there something physically wrong with me? But he, his face dropped and, and so, as a chaplain, we don't, in, we don't push anything. We just, we're there for them. And so, after I finished talking to the boss man, I, I, I keep walking and there he was. He's sitting there doing paperwork on his, on, on his forklift. And I said, well, you doing okay today? And he said, yeah, fine. And he sort of short with me. And I said, that, and that's, that's okay. Sometimes you're having a bad day and you just let it go. And I said, whew. I was sitting there going, I keep on walking. I get about five steps past him and he goes, stop, preach, preach, stop, stop. And I go, uh-oh. <laughs> so I turned around and I looked, I came back to him. And I said, I said, he said, I really didn't want to see you today. I go, well, that makes me feel good. I can talk pretty plain with, as a chaplain. Okay, just be honest with you. I just, I, that really makes me feel bad. <laughs> but I sort of smart off and I said, He said, no, you don't understand. He said, I'm in an argument with my wife right now. And I really want to stay mad at her right now. But God sent you today. <laughs> and he's telling me I can't be mad at my wife anymore and I don't like it. I just showed up. I didn't say a word. And he gave me the speech that he thought I should say to him, to himself. Just showing up. Ministry is a lot of times just showing up. He called his wife. He called me back. He didn't call me. I came back a few weeks later and he said, I talked to my wife. and We fixed that. But I'm mad at her again. And so I don't know. That's a whole other story. The shepherd has to be there. The shepherd's with his flock. What does that tell you about God himself? God is with us. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. Amen? He's ever present with us. I thank, that. I thank God for that. I thank Him that He loved us so much that He won't leave us alone. He's always there with us. The shepherd must fight for the flock. Sheep are helpless. They have no defense. They, they cannot defend themselves and there's no attack mode with them. 
Let me tell you, if you go up against a sheep, I'll bet on you. Sheep don't know what to do. They really don't have no, except run. And they don't, they're not very fast animals. So shepherds have to be there to protect them. And shepherds must be willing to die for their sheep. Because there are animals out there that want them. They're, they taste pretty good to animals out there. And, and so he has, they have to protect them. So we see that a shepherd has to live with the sheep 24-7. And the task for caring for them is unending. Day and night, summer and winter, fair weather or foul. And they labor to nourish God and protect. And the sheep who are in, in, in their mind would choose... Who, who would want to be a shepherd? I wouldn't want to be a shepherd. When I was in Lancaster, South Carolina, I had a lot of cattle farmers. And what they did was, that, that was their part-time job. They couldn't keep it up. Um, so they had, a, they had their full-time job, and on the part-time, they'd go out and spend time with cows. I'd scratch my head every time. I said, you can't go on vacation because you've got to spend time, because you've got to move the cows. You've got to water, make sure they get water. You've got to make sure they're taken care of. I said, I wouldn't want to be that. I wouldn't want to be, I wouldn't want to farm cattle, but boy, do I love steak. So I thank God for farmers. I thank God for those who, who will do that and sacrifice. And shit, shepherds, 24-7. And God, through David, is describing himself, describe, being described as a shepherd, one who's ever before us. Jesus is described as a shepherd. I think we understand this. In Luke 15, it, it talks about a hundred sheep and one of them takes off. What does a good shepherd do? He leaves the 99, he goes after the one. Aren't you thankful that the shepherd goes after the one? You are the one. I want you to understand that. And Jesus is willing to leave the 99 to go after the one. And so I'm so thankful today that Jesus was described as the, good, as the shepherd here who would leave, leave those who were taken care of to go after the one who was in need. And John 10, and I would encourage you to look at John 10 with me in your Bibles. If you can turn over there, because I'm going to be hopping all over this verse, this chapter. In John chapter 10, we see in verse 2, But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings them out, his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Jesus is calling himself the shepherd. And he is saying that those who follow him know his voice. In verse 11, he goes on to say, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep, and scatters them. I am the good shepherd, in verse 14. And I know my sheep, and I am known by my own. 
As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father. I lay down my life for the sheep. And, and other sheep I have which not of this fold. Them also I am my must bring, and they will hear my voice, and they will be one flock and one shepherd. Folks, we are part of the one flock. But Jesus is our good shepherd. As David called God his shepherd, we call Jesus our shepherd. And he's willing to do what? Lay down his life. Did he not do that already? Did he not already, was he not already crucified on the cross for our sins? See, Jesus is the good shepherd. And because he is our shepherd, notice the next point. And this is, this is really important here. I shall not want. I shall not lack. That's what this passage of scripture is saying. This is very important that the shepherd makes sure that everything the sheep needs, the sheep gets. The most helpless animal in, in the world is most likely the sheep. Sheep are so helpless. And they need someone who will take care of them. And we're compared to that in the Bible as being that helpless. I'm glad that Paul learned this lesson that, that I shall not want. In Philippians 4.11, and, and you may not want to flip here, but I'm going to have to. He says this. In, in Philippians 4.11, he says, for, not, for that, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. That's an important lesson that we as Christians need to learn. I know how to be abased, and I know how to be abound. Everywhere and in everything I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And then he goes on in verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We always leave those verses out sometimes when we're um, quoting Philippians 4.13. That Paul was saying, I, can le- I am content. I am content with material things and I am content without material things. How can he say that? He can say that. I'm going to fill in the blank for you because we've got to move on. Because the Lord was his shepherd. That's how he could say that. He was one that could live life at the fullest because God was the one who was leading him. He could be hungry because the Lord was his shepherd. He could be rich because the Lord was his shepherd. Regardless if he was rich or poor, it didn't matter because the Lord was his shepherd. Does that make any sense to anybody here today? A lot of us, you watch television, if you watch the TV preachers today, they'll tell you if you walk by faith or plant this seed and that seed, you're going to be rich. That all Christians should be millionaires. Have you ever got that idea from TV preachers? They're not preaching from the Bible I'm preaching from. The Bible I, I preach out of says that regardless if you find yourself in need or you find yourself with more The Lord is your shepherd. The power here is this, is the presence of God in your life. Do you understand this? That's priceless. 
That's what's priceless. It's not what kind of car you drive. It's not what kind of house you live in. It's the God that you serve. That's what's important. That's what makes things matter. I shall not want. I shall not be lacking. That's a fascinating thing. Because we... Uh, here's some things that, um, uh, that David says that we will not lack. In verse number 2... Notice what it says here. It says, He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Folks, I will not lack rest when the Lord is my shepherd. You know why so many people are stressed out today? The Lord is not their shepherd. They, we're just measly little sheep that think we know everything. And when we try to do everything on our own, and we don't depend on the shepherd, then we get stressed out, and you should be stressed out. Because you're not going to be successful in the eyes of God if you don't depend on the shepherd. Because we, we, but with him being our shepherd, we can rest. You don't have to stress out. Some people stress out over this virus. I have not stressed one bit about this virus. Folks, a lot of you, if you lost your job, you'd stress out. I've lost my job. I, don't, I have not stressed out. I've lost loved ones that meant the world to me. I have not lost, I have not stressed out over any of those things. Do you know why? It's simple. The Lord is my shepherd. Who do we trust? If you trust in just who you are and in your own intellect and in, in your own power, and God has blessed you with all those things and He, make, he wants you to use them, but that's not the end all. The end is Jesus Christ being our shepherd. For sheep to be content... It requires four things. They must be full. I like sheep with that. They like to eat. Amen? You know what sheep will do? If you leave them alone, you'll take them to a, a green pasture. They'll eat every grass, every root of the grass. They'll eat it till it's bare. Because that's all they do. They got their routine kind of people. And um, me being a guy who likes to eat, I understand that. So you got to have a shepherd that will make sure they get full, but not destroy the whole countryside. But first of all, they got to be full. Secondly, they must not be afraid. They have to be somewhere where they are, are, are comfortable. They feel safe. They will not lie down if they're scared. Third, they must be comfortable. That means fleas and, and, and flies and other irritants are not to, they, you can't have them there. They gotta be away from them and they gotta make sure they, 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 they get those things out. And the fourth thing is, finally, they will not lie down unless they are in harmony with the flock. With other, other sheep. So he's gotta make sure that none of them, they're all behaving themselves. There's a, this is 24-7, guys. David tells us the Lord makes us to lie down because He has provided for us. And our shepherd 
makes it easier for us to find time and comfort to rest. Our shepherd has removed fear and discomfort. And if we are living under his guidance, we will make the flock peaceful and content. The scripture tells us he leads us beside the what? Steel waters. You know when a sheep, they're frightened by anything. And one of the things they're frightened of is water that's going fast. So what does the shepherd have to do? He has to dam it up so that they can have a pool of water so they can actually drink from that so, he can, uh, so they can rest. But the, the good shepherd leads us beside the still waters. Jesus tells us this. And he tells us this in Matthew 11. He says, I've Come to me all you who are labor and heavy laden and I will give you rest. If you're stressed today, I encourage you to go to the Good Shepherd. John 14, 27, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The Good Shepherd has provided for us not to be afraid. (laughs) One time, uh, when... I'll tell y'all this, because uh, y'all, we just, when I, when I worked here the first time, uh, we moved, to, I was in my 30s, I think. It's bad when you can't remember how old you were when you were here the first time. I was a youth minister here about 30 years ago, and we left here and we went to a, a church in Lancaster, South Carolina. Shannon was pregnant with our first child, <laughs> and, and um, so she was almost about to have a child when we moved to Lancaster. So she came back and stayed with my parents in Spartanburg. And I was stuck there in Lancaster in this long, this humongous parsonage. This was the biggest. Um, My dad once told me, he said, boy, you'll never get a garage as big as the garage you have in this house right here. It was that big of a two-car garage. You could fit almost... Three cars in this thing. It was just, they just built, it's just a humongous house. And here, little old me, being in this big old house. And Shannon was gone to um, Spartanburg. The first night I went to bed, I was laying in there, and I promise you, I heard somebody running down, coming down the hallway. I grabbed my bat, and I went running. I flipped on the light expecting to meet my doom. <laughs> Nothing was there. I go, wow. And I went and I looked all over the place and went and laid back down. And lo and behold, I laid back down. I, Here it comes again. This noise just like it was coming toward me. Here I go again. I grabbed my bat. I went running. I didn't have a gun at the time. Okay. Notice what I just said at the time. Okay. So the only thing I had was a bat. So I went, and this happened like two or three times, and I finally, I laid back down. I was worn out by then, just emotionally. Here it comes again, that same noise. I said, Lord, may they kill me in my sleep. But I'm too tired. I'm going to bed. Just take care of it. Okay. I tried to take care of it. I tried to take care of it. I tried to take care of it. Then I said, Lord, you take care of it. 
I should have said that prayer the first time, amen? Folks, God will take care of it. He will lead us to peace and assurance. The next thing that we will not lack is that we will not like lack life. Look at verse 3. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for His namesake. That word, restore soul, is actually... Uh, I did some studying on this because I really thought there was this... Um, talking about our inward being, but it's really talking about our physical being. He will, he will restore our health, our salvation. Philip Keller, he wrote a book called, and this is a fascinating book called A Shepherd's Look at Psalm 23. If you can find a copy of that, I'd encourage you to read that. But he mentioned that there is a time when sheep find themselves on their backs. This is fascinating. This is why I want to share this with you if you've never heard of this. It's called cast down sheep. And what happens is they get, they lay, they lay on their sides and that's good. What's bad is when they go too far and their feet are straight up. There's no way that they can get back over. They sit there and it's called cast down. And they're just, you'd have to think it's funny if you walked up on it. Amen. I mean, someone just struggling like that. I mean, uh, that's my poor sense of humor, but forgive me for that. But a shepherd's here to help. But what happens here is, this is dangerous for a sheep, though. If it, if it stays there too long, the gases begin to build up in its body, and, and it begins to shut down the amenities, and it dies within moments, minutes. And so this is not a, 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 very, um, it's not a very humorous thing, man. Honest with you, it cuts off the blood circulation, and like I said, the body just shuts down. So the shepherd has to be watching and being careful over the flock to ensure that this doesn't happen. So when he says he restores my soul, he's here to protect you physically. He's here to protect you spiritually, but don't, 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 be, don't be afraid. That's why whenever I look at things like the virus and I look at sicknesses and the flu and I look at our political situation that we're in at this time and people are all fearful and scared and everything like that, I come to you and I say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is in control and He will protect. He will provide life. And he will take care. He does this because he has compassion for us. Sometimes we've been given the impression that when a Christian falls, when a Christian messes up, that God is angry with them and God wants to punish them and God just wants to... Show vengeance, but that's not the God of the Bible. Matthew 9 verse 36 says it this way, but when Jesus saw the multitude, He was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Don't forget that He left the 99 And he went after the one. Why? Because he had compassion. When we fall and we mess up, guess what God does? He comes and he's compassionate and he's loving. And he tries to correct you. Like a cast down sheep, he tries to 
push you back up and to get you back on path. We need to come to the understanding that the Lord has great compassion and tender mercy toward us. Think about Simon Peter. Did Simon Peter not deny Jesus three times? At his most crucial time, guess what he does? He says, I don't know Jesus. I don't know Jesus. I don't know who he is. What does Jesus do after the crucifixion? And after the resurrection? He looks up Simon Peter. Does he beat him up? Does he, does he try to, why did you let me down? Did he speak down to him? No. He says, do you love me? Do you love me? Then do what? Feed my sheep. He showed compassion to one who might have needed discipline. But he gave life. Not only do we not, do we, we don't like life, but we don't like the guidance. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. Folks, even when we get off path, and sheep get off path really easy. They're not very smart animals. But when we take off and we do our own thing, guess what God does? He sends His Holy Spirit to guide you back to the right path. To the path of righteousness. And He's able to, to guide us. You know what Isaiah 53, 6 says? All we like sheep have done what? Gone astray. We have turned everyone to our own way. And then the Bible says that the Lord laid the iniquity of us all on Jesus, basically. And that's found in the Old Testament. I'm so thankful that we have a shepherd who gives us guidance. Each one of us here today, I pray that this past week you went to God and got guidance. Because if he's your shepherd, you need guidance. I'll be honest with you. I try not, I'm a, kind of person I tried to make as little mistakes as possible I was watching the show Friday night this mechanic and he knew he, he, he was in a truck and the water was over was over this um, roadway and he was in Canada and he he was sitting there he was with and he says and the, and the passenger says I don't know how deep that water is he said we won't know till we try he gets stuck right out in the middle of that the, the, the river basically See, I would not have gone across it because I don't like making mistakes. I would have found another way around. But you know what? I still make mistakes though. But I have a God who comes to me as my good shepherd and He leads me in the path of righteousness for His namesake so He can be glorified. And I'm so thankful for that. The next thing I would like to share with you is that we don't like safety. Look at verse 4. This changes, this, this whole chapter changes here in verse 4. He says, Yea, though I walk to the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. Earlier in the psalm, David had spoken of God in third person. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me. He will restore me. But now David enters into the valley of the shadow. And he changes this to the second person by saying, You are with me. For David had spoken about God, but now he is speaking to God. It's amazing that when we go through the valley of the shadow of death, how we talk to God more. 
This valley of the shadow of death is literally the valley of a deep shadow. The verse literally says, moreover, that is when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It is when, not if. It is a certainty. You will go through the valley of the shadow of death. You need to understand this. The Bible says, we all sin, we all fall short of the glory of God, but one day we will all die. Unless Jesus comes back. There's a certainty in this. Some say death and taxes is the only thing that you can depend on. Amen? I mean, that's about the facts here. Death is coming to all of us. But what's fascinating about this in in my studies, and I just want to share this with you just for a minute, because he calls this a shadow of death. And a shadow is something that can be scary, I'll be honest with you, have you ever driven and come up on a really dark shadow and when you come out of it, the bright light just blinds you? But sometimes the shadow, you can't see inside the shadow and drive. That's a scary thing. But the thing here is that, notice what he says here. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Many times when we're going through this, the valley of the shadow of death, guess what our promise is? His presence. That's all you have. But that's all you need. Amen? Somebody please say amen. amen. Have you not been there? I mean, I've been there. Going through a very dark time and the only thing I have is God. If you've not been there, you'll be there. Will you be able to say, Lord, you're my shepherd? How are you going to reach out to some substance? Are you going to do something that you're going to regret later? Folks, whenever you go through something like this, when you go through the shadow of death, God's presence is there in a very real way. And you need to understand this. That's all you need. He will take care of you. And He'll see you through. And you don't have to be afraid. And I say amen. Fearful, fear and faith do not mix. And I'm so thankful that God promises us that He'll be with us and He'll guide us. His rod, His staff, they will comfort me because that rod is there to protect me and and that staff is there to correct me and He can guide me through whatever I'm going through. Not only we will not lack safety, but we will not lack provisions. Now this is a fun part for me, guys. I'll be honest with you. I haven't seen a table yet I don't like, amen? Especially when it has food on it. Notice what it says here. It says, You shall prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. With this image, we, he, David begins to make a journey from the pasture to the palace, someone said. He's no longer just a good shepherd, but he's also a gracious host. And he's prepared a table before us. This good shepherd knows how to cook. Amen? 
I don't know about y'all, but I'm looking forward to our Thanksgiving meal together. Amen? You know what's fun? When you walk out there and you see all that food on the table. Amen? Before it's touched. That's before I got there. Okay? Because I'm a nibbler. I don't know about y'all, but when, that tur- when I see that turkey, I'm, I'm going to try to get a little piece of it. I do that every time I... Uh, but God says here, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. I'm so looking forward to that. Because God is the one who provides for us. And even when things are not going our way, He provides peace. He says in John 14, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, I give unto you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither be afraid. Folks, we don't have to, when we go through that valley of the shadow of death, there's a table that's in front of us. I've always told people, as born again believers, you can always say this as a born again believer, it's going to get better. Do you understand? It's going to get better. Whatever you're going through right now, it's going to get better. I don't care if you just won the lottery. As a born-again believer, if you can say that Jesus Christ is your shepherd, it's going to get better. I don't think anything on this side of eternity can measure to what we're going to spend when we get to heaven. Amen? And we do not have to worry about provisions. Nor do we need to lack heavenly, a heavenly home. Because in verse 6 it says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This fascinates me. And I didn't read this. This is something I just call. I, I just can imagine. I'm following the shepherd, right? God's the shepherd. I'm the sheep. I'm following the shepherd, right? As a Christian, that's what we should do. Follow the shepherd because shepherd doesn't lead from behind. They lead from the front. Okay? They, and, and we follow the shepherd. But what's following us as born again believers? It's in verse 6. Surely goodness and what? Mercy. Can y'all bathe in that just for a second? Just, just let it rush over you. Folks, in the troubling times that we have today, we've got goodness and we've got mercy. We've got love that's following us all the days of my life. And I will do what? I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. A lot of people today, I'm going to have to touch on this because this is part, this is, this is, I've tried to stay away from a funeral type service today. But I will say this. If you look at this passage of Scripture, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's very inviting. Because Jesus said it this way. Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Now listen to this. Born again believers, sheep. I go now to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. I don't know about you, but God is working on a house for me right now. 
That's awesome. Now, that's some people's dreams. Their whole dream is what house they live in. Sometimes that's a status thing. They want the biggest house in the biggest neighborhood or the nicest neighborhood. And I go, guys, I've already got that covered. I could live in a shack down here, but I got a house in heaven. Amen. And I promise you the house in heaven is going to outlive your house here on earth. You can go and I'm amazed. You ever watch those television shows where all these fancy houses and everything like that? And they drop like millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars on it. Then you find out five years later they went bankrupt. Who bought that house? The house I'm going to live in, I'm not going to go bankrupt in because I didn't pay for it. You know who paid for it? The blood of Jesus Christ paid for it. You know who's working on it? My shepherd. My shepherd is is working on it right now. He's even a contractor. My question to you today as we close... Is the Lord, can you say this? The Lord is my shepherd. Can you say with your whole heart that you believe that there is one God? Do you believe that you have a personal relationship with that one God? James 2.19 says it this way. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. Some people are hanging their hat on Christianity by belief. I truly believe this. When the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him, I truly believe that word is better translated trust. Believing a lot of facts about God does not cut it. It's got to get personal. David said the Lord is what? My shepherd. That's personal. That's 24-7. He's in your life meddling. Amen? He's active and he's working. If God is not active and working in your life today, you're not a sheep. And he is not your shepherd. Because the God I serve is a meddling God. He's involved in my life. Have you ever said, God, please leave me alone? Can I do I don't know, y'all might not talk like this. Sometimes I say, Lord, just leave me alone. But he's so convicted me. And he's so working on me. And I know it's out of love. And so I have to graciously repent of whatever I'm doing. And have to come back. Because the shepherd won't leave me alone. I want to close with this passage. It's found in John 10, verse 26. But ye believe not, because ye did not. Ye are not my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. And they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither shall any man, listen to this, any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me, gave them, is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. 
When you place your faith and trust in the shepherd, no one can take you out of his hand. I don't believe you can lose your salvation after the the shepherd saves you. And I truly believe this. If you can say the Lord is my shepherd, you've got a lot of benefits. But if you don't, you need to. I'm going to go out to the back here after I pray. And if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is the day that you need to place your faith and trust in Him. This is not a mistake that you're here. And I encourage you today to place your faith and trust in Him. Let us pray. Father, I just thank you so much for this passage of Scripture. Lord, I just want to say thank you because I've received so much comfort throughout the years because of Psalm 23. I thank you for laying these words in David's mind. And I thank you that he was obedient, that he wrote these words down. And I'm thankful for, for you putting this, these words in, the, in, in your Bible. Because, Father, I've received so much peace and assurance Because you're my shepherd. And my prayer today is this. That everyone here today can say the Lord is my shepherd. And Lord, if they can't, I pray, Father, that they'll come forward during the closing of this message. And that they'll meet me out that back. And that, Lord, that we'll be able to sit down and share and talk about it. Because, Lord, this is the most important decision anyone can make. And I pray that they'll be able to leave today declaring the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And Father, we will praise you with the angels in heaven. For one soul that's been saved. Father, I want to pray for that one. That one believer. Lord, that's taken off. That's wandered off the path. And Lord, at this very moment, you're going after them. Lord, there's, there's those here today, Lord, that they know they're not doing what you'd have them to do. There's something in their lives, Lord, right now that's interfering with their relationship with you. And Lord, you as the Good Shepherd, through the Holy Spirit, you're, you're actively pursuing them right now in love and compassion. And I pray, Father, because of the conviction that they're going through, that today they will come back to you. That they will allow you to pick them up and bring them back into the fold. And I pray during this invitation, Lord, that they will confess their sins. Because, Lord, your word says that you're faithful and just to forgive us of our sins when we confess those sins to you. And I pray, Father, that today would be a day of revival for those who've walked away, who've gone their own way. That today would be the day that they will return back to you. Father, we just pray your will be done today. And we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand together as we sing.
recognize Janet for a moment and then Kim. Then we'll pray. Good morning. This is the time of the year that we transform this beautiful sanctuary in preparation for the Christmas holidays. So Carol McClellan and I um, are going to be here Monday evening, Tuesday evening, and Thursday evening at 6 o'clock if traffic holds good um, to help uh, to get the sanctuary transformed. So we're, I'm actually asking for as much help as possible. So if you can come any one of those nights, Monday, Tuesday, or Thursday at 6 o'clock, please come, and the more people we have, the quicker we can get it done. Also, there's a couple afternoons that Carol might be available in the afternoon, so if you have an afternoon that you would prefer, please get a hold of her and she can work with you on which afternoon she'll be available. So, thank you. All right, I have two opportunities for children that are coming up. Number one, uh, we do have enough children interested for basketball for first and second grade and third and fourth grade teams. So, we are excited about that. We're going to practice on Tuesday nights at 6 o'clock here at the church. We still have room on those teams. If you know anybody who might want to play basketball, please let me know, um, and we can get them signed up. Number two, um, I read somewhere that somebody wrote that when children sing about God and his goodness, the devil says, I got nothing. And so we're going to give our children an opportunity to lead in worship through song this Christmas. Um, They're going to be singing on December the 19th, that Sunday morning. So as we prepare for that, this will just be short term, um, we're going to practice for, for the first practice this Wednesday night at 6.30, if you'll just meet in the children's wing, then we'll go down to the worship, uh, children's worship area there. Um, so Wednesday night at 6.30, that's anybody kindergarten through fifth grade. We would love to have your children join us so that they can help lead us in worship that Sunday morning. Thank you, ladies. Now listen, you know, for a long time, we have been learning and we're going to continue to function as a team. Like a team. I heard one amen. Can I get more? Amen. Much better. Thank you very much. So listen, make sure your kids know about these opportunities and you get them involved in it. Number two, don't just wait to come on a different night or one of those nights to help decorate. Come and tell these ladies now. Uh, now uh, Janet said you could get hold of Carol at some Don't get a hold of her. Let me do that. And we'll, we'll come and help. Let them know today when you would come and be available to help because we need help. It, with any help, with any luck at all, next week this place will be gorgeous. And so we look forward to that. 
Listen, as you're leaving today, there's guys at the door to receive your offering. There's the black boxes uh, going out to the, uh, either going out or coming in from the portico so that you can drop them in there, whatever you feel most comfortable with. And, of course, you can give online in those ways that are possible. Are you glad you came to the house of the Lord today? Amen. I am. I needed to hear from him. I needed to be with our family, our team. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you that you are still God. Thank you that you are still our shepherd, that we can rest assured that you are there protecting us and guiding us all the way, and that we fear nothing because you are the shepherd. Lord, as we go from this place, help us to remember that. Lord, bless those who will be in meetings today and those who will be singing in choir rehearsal at 5 o'clock today and these kids' opportunities and opportunities to celebrate your birth by decorating this place. Lord, it's a wonderful time of the year, and I pray that we'll seize every opportunity you give us. We love you, Lord. We thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name.